Eric, my friend, how is it going? Naylor, what a pleasure, man. It's going unbelievable. Completely (laughs) out of control, unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I wouldn't expect anything different from you, Eric. Man, it's uh, it's it's been it's been a little while since we've been on air, right? Um, you know, we've talked a bunch off and on, off air. Um, we, we've we've known each other for many many years now. I feel like time has time has flown by, but I feel like what maybe like I don't twenty seventeen maybe it was twenty eighteen. Yeah. I know get to know the pro was twenty eighteen, but I I'd already we were already in the the you know. Uh, we were already friends with each other. I almost, almost said it. <laughs> you almost screwed up, man. Almost you almost screwed it. up. <laughs> I'm the one that made the rules and I almost messed it up. Anyway, <laughs> we, we we started, you know, talking and getting together on a regular basis, probably around 2017, 2018. Yeah. So it's now 2022. So five years, four or five years, give or take. Time's flown, but a lot's happened. And we're, we're busy. We're doing things. And I'm glad to get you on the podcast. Um for those that want more like visuals and everything about Eric Triplett, the pond digger, go check out my get to know the pro series. Um, you were the last episode of season one on my YouTube channel, LCR or lawn care rookie. Check that out for the whole backstory visuals, the ranch pond construction, everything. But for those that are like, Oh, well, I want to know right now, you know, like uh, we're going to dive into a little bit about you know your backstory and where you are now, and then we're we're gonna get into coaching, right? Because you, you're absolutely you're, you're crushing it there. So let's uh, let's let's dive into that. Here we go. Well, thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR Naylor Taliaferro, and on today's episode, we have Eric Triplett, the Pond Digger. How's it going again, Eric? How are you? Fantastic. Thanks for having me. This is uh, this is cool, man. Uh, it's always good to reconnect with you. Uh, it seems like it's been fun watching you grow, man. It's been fun watching you take on all these big challenges and and elevate your business. And um, you know, behind the scenes, I'm I'm trying to work on my side as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, one, I appreciate that. Thank you. And you've always been a, a peer and a mentor to me ever ever since I stumbled upon you on Periscope. <laughs> that was way back in the day, man. I don't even know how that happened, but somehow or another, I I don't know if it was like somebody that that you knew that I knew or something, but somehow or another, I, I stumbled upon you on Periscope, which was a, a live streaming back in the day before I be, before it became like the cool thing to do, right? Periscope was yeah. where it was at. Periscope think, was cool, man. Yeah, it was. I think that was Twitter's thing, right? Twitter made yep. Periscope. And then and then Facebook was like, what the? This is not. Nah, we got to do this. And then Facebook Live yep. came out and kind of Periscope just died. Yeah. So, But now everybody's got live. Instagram Live, you know, uh, uh, Facebook Live, YouTube Live. Everything's live now. But that's where it all Don't started. TikTok. Don't forget TikTok, bro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. TikTok. Yeah, but that's that's where it all all, all started, you know. And, and, uh, and I just remember being intrigued by everything that you were doing on Periscope and without really even knowing your whole story, but over, over time, I got to know you just as you got to know me. And, and I got, I heard about your, your backstory. And in addition to all of the, the awesome stuff you were doing with ponds, construction, you love all the aquatic animals and everything. You'd all, it was always, always educational with you. Right. So it makes perfect sense that you I've have been doing coaching for a long time, probably. Right. Like yeah. just, just like whether you're just talking to me on the phone is kind of coaching or friends, you know, peers, things like that. But I know you've really tried to make it more official and really have 
a coaching program and platform. But before we go into that, what's let's let's uh talk about your backstory. Like you're, you're all about pond construction, the pond digger. That should be self-explanatory. But for those that have no idea what's going on, let's break it down. Okay, so first of all, just just to take you back a little bit. I mean, I've been infatuated with animals and and fish and frogs and all this stuff. I remember when I was a little kid, like seven years old, swimming in the park, trying to catch these little fish and crawdads and stuff like that. So as I grew up, I got into construction uh, right out of high school. I was 17, graduated high school, went straight into construction. But my fascination for aquatics and fish and plants and all that stuff was still like really a big part of my life. It was a hobby of mine. And so, you know, into my early 20s, I was in construction. And, um, I, I mean, I liked construction. I was, I was good at it. By, by the time I was in my early twenties, I was running crews. We, I was a framer, you know, we were doing all kinds of stuff, but, uh, something about, you know, doing that every day that didn't fancy me, like, you know, messing around with fish. And so anyways, in a nutshell, I quit my job as a carpenter, as a framer, I was a journeyman. I was making great money. And I, I just, quit. And I, I mean, I didn't have any kids. I wasn't married. And I just was like flying by the seat of my pants, you know, and, uh, started doing aquariums for doctors and lawyers and stuff. And so that was super rewarding and it was exciting. And then it took me to ponds. I didn't really know ponds at that time in my early twenties. I had done a couple little crappy little ponds, but didn't really have it as a, as a business plan. But uh, I had so many aquariums going and I had like, you know, two, three crews running. We were taking care of doctors and lawyers and running all over the place, taking care of these tanks. And I stumbled across, across one of my clients had a pond in their backyard, but I didn't know it. And then they're like, Hey, my fish are dying. I'm glad you're here. Get in here. You know? And they took me into the house. I made a right-hand turn to head towards the aquarium Cause that's where I was all the time going to. And she's like, no, 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 come this way. It's out in the back. And I'm like, out in the back. What is she talking about? Right. <laughs> she takes me out back and there's this pond and I'm like blown away. I'm like, well, when did you have this thing done? She's like, Oh, I had it done last month after you were here cleaning the aquarium. I had this thing done. And I was just like, I could do this, you know? So I had to, I had to fix her fish and take care of her fish and like make them not die and, and all that stuff. But then I, I was like super intrigued. I was like, I, this could have been me. Like I could have got this job and yeah. there's fish outside. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. And then uh, within just a few years, I sold the aquarium division and went hundred percent into ponds. And that's just been, that's been the story of my life for the past 20, 25 years. Wow. That is, I feel like there's a, a part of that that I didn't really hear in the past. So that's, that's pretty interesting. Um, what, what did that transition look like? Cause it, you know, I'm, I'm always intrigued. Like, I feel like for me, it's one thing to just get them like, I, I not, not, not the, nothing against everyone that mows lawns. Cause you know, there's obviously some professionalism and, and skill and technique to it, but I feel like anyone, it's a lot easier for people to just grab a mower and just start mowing lawns for, for mm-hmm. a living or for a side hustle than to just start building ponds or building houses or putting in a patio. Like, I feel like that kind of stuff takes a little more planning, research, mm-hmm. education, a lot more trial and error, more risky mistakes can be made, things like that. So wh- how in the world did you transition from like, yeah, aquariums and, oh man, I can build a badass pond in the backyard. Like how? Yeah. How did that transition look? What did you do to make that transition? This, this is an important, this is an important question, Naylor. I'm, I'm glad you asked that. It's really important because, you know, I was a carpenter, right? I was a framer, I should say. I was a framer uh, and I was, 
I did that every day and it took me five years to get really good at it. Right. But in the background, my hobby was aquariums. And so I was like getting really good at aquariums while I was already getting really good at, at, at um, my framing skills. Right. And so the transition already, I'd already developed the skills to go straight into aquariums without a hiccup other than marketing and branding and letting people know, and there was no internet and, you know, it's business cards and door knocking and like, you know, networking. That's how it happened. Right. Um, and then, so the really cool thing for me, Naylor was, you know, I still had this, a, a pretty good paying, um, career doing aquariums for people. And what happened was, um, I, I, when that pond situation happened, I came straight home and I put in like a pretty killer pond at my house. Like one of the first professional ponds I ever did was like a big, nice pond at my house. And as soon as that one was done, guess what? I went across the street and I built one for my mother-in-law. And after that, I went somewhere, I built another one. And I I was like, I can do this. I got goosebumps telling you this right now, Naylor, because the cool thing is my construction um, background, like came back to me, like in a click like this running crews and logistics and getting materials to the spot and calling out soil and spoils. And like the, the, the five years that I spent in construction, like came back to me immediately. And so it's like, it was happening in the background. It's like doing your side hustle while you're doing your day job is happening simultaneously. And that that's, that's how both transitions happened for me. Mm. Yeah. Well, so I, cause that, that's, I think it's important to, to note that because it's not like you just, you know, woke up on overnight, you're like, Hey, I'm gonna build ponds and, and you just magically know how to do it. You know, you were already building up s- skills that would help you for that transition, you know, in, in carpentry and framing and things like that. So <clears throat> I think some people might think that they can just, Oh, I'm going to start building patios. And then all of a sudden they're just going to have a, you know, rock star patio, a uh, hardscaping business or division to their business. It's like that, that's going to take a little bit of time. And and to your yeah. point, you know, start with people that are a little more forgiving, like, like yourself and your family yeah. and friends and neighbors, give them a discount or do it for free or whatever, just so you can kind of iron some of those things out before you just start banging out patio after patio or pond after pond. And all of a sudden things are going wrong. That's, that's bad. So I, I just say that also because I know some local folks that have transitioned, they've pivoted out of like, they're like, I'm tired of babysitting and all this. You know, I can just make so much more money, you know, me and one guy, and we can just bang out a patio a week or something. I'm like, good for you. And I'm like, do you have any experience building patio? Nah, how hard can it be? I'm yeah. like, uh, all right. I mean, like, I, I, I can I can appreciate that kind of go-getter mentality also, but I, I feel like there needs to be like a beautiful balance there, right? We can't just, yeah. just dive in. We can't just go in cocky and half-ass, right? Well, there's different personalities. I mean, you have a different personality type than that person. He was probably like a high eye personality. and was just like, let's, I'll just, I'm just going to jump off the cliff and build, the, <laughs> build, the, build the parachute as I'm going. Yeah, right, out, right. 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 And but, you know, your, your personality is like, no, I'm going to do my parachute and I'm going to set up a, I'm going to set up a safety you know, net at the bottom some foam at the bottom. So <laughs> right. in case like, the parachute doesn't work, like yeah. so there's different people that think different ways. And so some right. people just jump and figure it out while others like, have to be more precise. But so, I feel like you're a little in between, right? You didn't just jump right in. You had some skills and experience with well, certain you know, things with the construction. That's a good bar. question. That's a good yeah. question. I I'm a jump and go kind of guy. That's my personality. But um, what drove me was like I was passionate about those other things. And you know, like it's it's crazy, Naylor, because when I when I listen to Gary V today, he's just like, 
you know, do what you love, wake up in the morning and be happy, you know, like take a pay cut if you have to just do something you're happy with. And that's really what I did back, you know, in the, in the eighties, I was like probably 91 or 92 when I went, you know, from framer to fish. Right. And, and I took a big pay cut. So it's just really, it's really strange that I somehow had that, you know, intuition back then Mm. uh, and and ran with that. So I, I just, I'm really thankful for that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So where are you today? I mean, I, I know where you are today, but (laughs) update us a little bit. Well, today it's, it's, it's cool. And, and, um, so like in 2000, I'd say in 2002, I probably got rid of all my aquariums and went hundred percent ponds, like full tilt ponds in 2003 to 2008. It was just like unbelievable, man. We were doing a hundred feet, you know, a hundred installs a year, um, you know, we were just cranking things out. 2008, we took a hit, you know, everyone thought we were going out of business. Um, and I, I didn't give up, you know, we took a pretty big hit in financially in the business, but I, I rented a new building for more money. I'd like signed a 10 year lease at a new building in 2008 when everyone wow. was telling me, go home, bro, you go home. And I'm like, I'm going to jump and I'm going to figure it out. Like I'm not, I'm not turning around and, uh, toughed it out. All my competitors at the time, went to work for someone else. They started doing other things They, you know, and I still was like, I was the only guy standing in my area. And so I, I, I survived because I was the, like the guy that had the balls to do it. And so, um, fast forwarding a little bit more 2015, uh, I was diagnosed with throat cancer mm-hmm. and I shut my construction division down for mm-hmm. about two and a half years. And I, I still was in the pond business because I was doing manufacturing by that time and wholesale. And we still have, you know, a lot of clients that, that would come to us for replacement parts and stuff. So, I mean, I still had a, a pretty thriving business, but the stress of construction was gone because I mean, everyone knows construction's incredibly stressful, right? Yeah. That's probably a lot of unpredictable things too, which add to that. Yeah. So 2000, uh, like 18, 2019 in that range, I, um, I, I got, got healthy. You know, the doctor said you're in good shape. Like let's, let's take over the world again. And so I started the construction business again and just like got right back into it. And, uh, here I am today, you know, since 2018, you know, like we took off, uh, again, with economy was good, you know, it's still, yeah. construction is still good today, even though the economy is completely chaos right now. Uh, we still have a lot, a lot of work on the board and, um, you know, I, we bought it, we bought this five acre ranch that we moved our businesses and our home to. And, you know, my wife, we opened up a wildlife rehabilitation center here at the ranch since you've been here. Nice. She's got a nonprofit organization set up. And so we're saving, you know, animals and raccoons and coyotes and bobcats and like, you know, possums <laughs> and birds and hawks and eagles. And like, we were doing some rad shit, Naylor. Nice. Yeah. Did, did you buy your wife any more animals for Mother's Day <laughs> <laughs> or happy birthday? Here's a pig, oh, whatever it was. I mean, every birthday is <laughs> something new, man. Yeah. We've got a couple horses since you've been here. Oh, man. And so just to put, we didn't mention this earlier, to put this in context for listeners, you're in California. So yeah. yay, yay, Cali out there. Yeah. So that's, that, that's, that is, in my opinion, way worth like mentioning because there's not a whole lot of folks from the West coast that we talk to on social media, on the podcast, on any podcast, it's just for some reason, just isn't like a, a popular thing as popular, like 
I think you've probably have noticed that too. Like a lot of the people that follow your content, a lot of your peers and mentor, other than the local folks that you know, but it seems like there's a huge pocket of social media that doesn't involve the the far West coast, California and all up and down that whole area. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know why that is, but I mean, there's not a whole lot of lawns, as many lawns to mow in certain areas over there either, probably, but there's definitely construction in ponds and landscaping and things. But I, I've noticed a, a huge, um, deficit there with, with the content and, and people following along. So I just wanted to point out that you are in California, which is a very unique place and a lot of, for a lot of reasons. And you're mentioning a lot of animals and some people are probably like, where is this guy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But so, sure. yeah. So, but so when, when we met, then this all had just like kind of transitioned, right. You were just getting over throat cancer, getting mm-hmm. back into construction yeah. ranch, all that stuff was kind of like, it was all fresh. It was like, you were like yeah. a newlywed in that stage with all that. You were periscoping after all that happened, basically. And yeah. when you start a periscope, you were just yeah. getting back into it all. Snapchat and all that stuff for sure. <clears throat> wow. And did you do all that? Was part of the reason of doing all that to try and kind of like get back into the game of all that and promoting construction and just kind of like, Hey, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, through, this, I mean, I'm through this tough time, you know, let's, let's yeah. get after it. I think, I think I just had a natural inclination to go that direction. I think, um, you know, I like social media. Like, again, I'm an eye personality. I'm a I'm social, social kind of uh, person. I like to communicate with people and make friends and stuff. So I think it just came to me. And then somehow I was like, Hey, I'm going to just talk about my stuff. I like, which is ponds and my business. And like, I'm going to teach people stuff because coming yeah. back from my YouTube, um, my YouTube days was before all that. Right. Right. So YouTube, we were just, we were putting out, you know, content videos and teaching. So I already had that kind of in, you know, backlogged. A lot of people today, they get into TikTok or something and then they spin over to YouTube. I started on YouTube and came through the, 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 the pocket the other way. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. That that's interesting. Uh, well, I, I feel like you, it's, you seem very comfortable on camera, whatever platform you're using, like you always were, you still, but I mean, like, in the early days, in the early, like the, the early Snapchat days, you know, when it first came out and all these things, like you're really good at just like kind of vlogging your like vlog style type, mm-hmm. telling your stories and making every different, you know, a couple few different snaps different and, and eye catching. And it, you have a unique way of telling stories uh, on, on any platform. And, you know, as, as they keep coming out now, TikTok and all these other, other things, but uh, your YouTube videos are are no different than that, but those are very specific. A lot of educational ponds gone wrong. A lot of fun stuff on there. And um, th- th- is that something you'd want to direct people to go see? Is that still live and active? Yeah, uh, YouTube's still active. You know, I mean, some th- some shocking news for you. To, if I tell you, you're probably going to shake your head and just be <laughs> astonished. But we we haven't put up a YouTube video in like you know four or five years. I haven't put a single video up. But I still get calls every day. Like I saw the YouTube video, Pond's Gone Wrong. I don't want this to happen to me. Can you help me? I also get, you know, like, hey, I just watched your 52-part series on how to build a koi pond. You know, can we get a pond kit from you? And, and wow. you know, help me handhold through the DIY process. So YouTube's been really powerful. Um, and so now I'm just working on all the other platforms and stuff like that. Because it's like, it's like an anchor for me now, like... You know, it's like, I don't even have to do any more videos. It's crazy. I probably should, right. yeah. but that's still, the phones are still ringing. So it's crazy because the content's still evergreen and, and still popular. Yeah, for sure. So, and 
So is that kind of where, where you really started to get your like, like coaching, teaching, education vibes is when you really started when you were doing all that YouTube uh, content? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting you say that. So just another little backstory in high school, you know, I was 16 or 17. I took this assessment test and, and the counselor said, hey, you're probably going to be a teacher when you grow up. That's what this is telling me. And nice. I'm like, I'm going to be no teacher. I hate school. Like, I don't. Like, I don't even want to be here. Why would I be a teacher? You're an idiot. You know, like, that's like my thought process. Right. And then, you know, here I am on YouTube, you know, and, and we're just teaching people about ponds and getting millions and millions of views. And um, the counselor was right. I was the idiot. I mean, I, I just became a teacher in that, you know. Welcome back to Toro Tuesday. This week, I wanted to focus on the Multiforce Pro Force Debris Blower. So I've been focusing on the Toro Multiforce Grandstand because I own that. I was a big fan of that before I was able to finally purchase one when they first came out back in 2016. I saw a lot of capabilities. They only had a few attachments at the time for it. So this is the the grand the Toro Grandstand, but it's a multi-force where they add on the capabilities of putting attachments. It has a hitch receiver on the front, hydraulically controlled, which lifts it up and down, and then you can control the attachments that are attached to it, whether they're powered, um, you know, like like a power broom or a snow blower, or they're just something that you have to move up and down side to side, like uh, a snow plow and uh, things of that nature. So over the years, they have come out as I predicted, with more and more attachments for it. Um, there's a low-flow hydraulics for the basic, moving it up and down side-to-side -side attachments. Then there's the high-flow uh, hydraulics for you to um, utilize the other things like the power broom and the snow th uh, thrower and, and so on. The, one of the first things, actually the first attachment that I purchased at the same time that I got my Toro Grandstand Multiforce was the Pro Force Debris Blower. Now, this is a massive blower. You know, listening to the audio, you can't get the visual. So as always, you can go um, in the show, the episode description and click on the link to go to uh, check it out on Toro.com. So you can see what it looks like. But this thing is massive. It's got a 360-degree nozzle rotation. So it's, just, it's like a massive, like, uh, I don't know, like, like a jet engine blower or something, for lack of a better description. Um, and, and the 360 means you can spin it all the way around so that you don't have to move the mower that you're on. You know, if you're changing directions or just trying to control the pile of leaves or whatever debris you might be trying to move around, um, you can adjust it, you know, uh, by, by turning it all the way around or just a little bit, but it goes completely from one side to the other, just all the way, um, full 360 degree rotation with a 26 and a half horsepower Kohler Command Pro EFI engine that the multi-forces have, it delivers a tremendous amount of air power. So basically you take the deck belt that, uh, drives the mower blades on the, on the mower deck, when you take the mower deck off, in most cases for these attachments, specifically the ProForce uh, blower attachment, you, you, you take the deck off and you can uh, put that deck belt, you wrap that around a pulley that's attached to the blower, and that's what makes the blower work. When you engage the blades, you push the button on the mower to, that you would normally engage the blades. What it does instead is it engages the blower. It turns the fan on of the blower and the amount of power that the engine is producing is the amount of power to create the tremendous amount of airflow. When I say tremendous, I mean this thing is really meant for large properties, parking lots, things like that. Like 
all year round, you know, like whether it be in the winter and there's a lot of sand, rocks, gravel, dirt, salt, all that kind of residue that builds up on parking lots. If you have any commercial parking lots that you maintain, streets, things like that, the whole general area, it's so much easier to just ride up and down with this thing and just blow everything to one side or one corner and, you know, you can also, in addition to that, have you know a guy or guys, girls. If you have anyone helping you, they can come come uh, do the final detail cleanup as you're getting everything corralled, you know, quickly with the big Pro Force blower. They can come in with the their backpack blowers and kind of get it where the final stages of where it's got to go or whatever. They can be blowing things if you're doing leaf removal in the fall. They can be blowing things down out of the yard or into a specific pile, into a specific area. So then while you're going along with the ProForce blower and blowing it into the le- into the woods, or if you're trying to get it all to the curb to suck it up with your leaf vac, you can do that as well. I've done a variety of all these things with this blower. I had a commercial property um, a while back that I, I used this for in that situation for leaves as well as, you know, things would accumulate. Like like I said, rocks, dirt, sand, that would all accumulate. So it just made it so much quicker and easier. It's so powerful, less walking. I could just corral everything to a smaller area so that we could be more focused with the backpack blowers in, in one area instead of walking around the entire property with the backpack blowers. I could just easily zip around with this, um, as well as when we were trying to get the leaves from certain properties to the woods or to the curb. And, 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 you know, as you know, as you start blowing out mulch beds and blowing through the yard with your backpack blowers, the piles eventually start to get so big that it's just hard to move them with the backpack blowers. Now, there's various other ways you can move those piles when you get to that pile. And there's another attachment that I'll talk about in a future episode, a future uh, Tuesday, uh, Toro Tuesday episode that you can use. But in this case, you can use the blower to do that. Once you get to this massive pile built up and the backpack blowers just aren't working, the backpack, uh, the uh, ProForce blower, you just go right up to it and boom, it just moves that pile like it's nothing. There's also some yards where there's there's a fence and a back gate to the woods. So we would just open the gate. I would just position myself on the on the, the multi-force uh, mower with the ProForce blower just pointing directly at that gate opening. And the guys would come from both sides and they would just keep blowing the leaves into that airflow. And it would just shoot them right through the gate, just funnel them right out. And it, and, and it got everything done in a matter of minutes versus us just constantly going back and forth for you know 30 minutes or what, an hour or whatever, trying to get it all all of them out, all those piles of leaves out with the backpack blower. You could just keep blowing them into the, the air path of the ProForce blower and just shoots them right out. So I was, a, I am, was and am, you know, a big fan of the ProForce debris blower attachment. It's, it's huge. Literally, it's huge. Size-wise, it's, it's massive, which means it produces a, a tremendous amount of, of airflow. So, but again, if you have small properties, this might be overkill in some cases, but it's really great when you have a large amount of leaves to move from one place to the other. Like I said, whether you move them to the curb to suck up or you move them to the, to the woods, as well as commercial properties, parking lots, things like that. It's really, really, really uh, useful for sure. So definitely, uh, if you want the visuals, like I said, and any more specs and information, check out the link in the episode description. Hey guys, the Equip Expo, formerly known as the GIE Plus Expo, will be here before you know it, October 18th through the 21st. It's a great time. I go every year. I've been going for many, many years. 
It's worth it so in so many ways. All of the outdoor demo areas plus the indoor showroom. Talk to all of the all of your favorite manufacturers and uh, meet new ones, find new ones, and all the networking opportunities. A lot of great events, great food, great times, great educational opportunities as well there. So go ahead and check it out. If you don't know what it is, you can click the link in the episode description there and you can check out all about it as well as register. Uh, you can use my code LCR to save 50% off at any time. But if you register before September 9th, you get the early bird discount, which means with the 50% off, it'll only be $10 per person if you use code LCR. Again, that link is in the episode description. Thanks, guys. Hope to see you there. But even before that, Naylor, even before that, with the way I launched my business in 2000, um, in the 2000 or 1999, one of the first things I did to open up my pond construction business, I did a how to build a pond day. So I, I went to this nursery. I said, I'm going to put a pond in for free. All you got to do is tell all your customers to be here Saturday at, at 9 a.m. And I'm, wow. going to, I'm going to build you a beautiful pond. That was smart. They, they did it. And, and so here I am, a contractor teaching people how to build a pond. Like that's, that's stupid. Why would you do that? You know, why would you teach people how to do your craft? Like you want <laughs> them to see it and then them to hire you, right? No, I don't know why genius. I thought this. It's that genius. That's yeah, idiots and lot stuff, right? So <laughs> I build this pond there. It was pretty awesome. It was one of my best events ever in the 20 years. Like, like there was at least a hundred people there. Wow. It, was a, it was a good amount of people. It was a big crowd. And we just kicked ass and built this beautiful pond in one day. And at the end of the thing. Wait, they were there to watch you build the pond? Yeah. Oh, it wasn't like they yeah. showed up after you were done and no, you were like, hey, no, look no, at our no. pond and told them about it. They I'm actually like, were Here's there. Here's a shovel. For it. I'm putting it in the ground. Like, we're going to put a pond right here today. And by, by four o'clock, it's going to be waterfall going. And we're going to put fish wow. in. Wow. And so, um, you know, by the end of the day, like there was a line of people wanting to talk to me, like wanted to hire wow. me. Wow. And because, like, you know, they saw how hard it was. They saw how the, like, the immediate <laughs> results, like they right. saw how fast it was. A couple of people were like, yeah, I want to do this myself. Can I buy the equipment from you? Yeah. Okay. Here, 1500 bucks and you can buy the stuff from me. And the other people were like, hey, I want you to build it. I'm like 10 grand. I'll come to your backyard and do it, you know, do it in one yeah. day. Nice. And so that's, that's kind of how it, it all began. So even pre-YouTube, I was like, that was like a marketing piece for me that, that led to a big part of my success. And so then it went to YouTube and then it just kind of snowballed from there. And by the time, you know, YouTube was there, I had guys from across the country calling me and go like, Hey, I love what you do. I want to work for you. Wow. And I was like, bro, you're in Minnesota. Like, um, like, what are you going to do? Move to California? And they're like, well, yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, what if I don't like you? What if you suck? And what if I fire you? I don't want to have this guilt, you know? So like, it was tricky, man. But, um, I ended up teaching quite a few young guys to, to, to run their own construction company, Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois, Florida, like all Texas, a lot of, a lot of guys, right. Wow. Arizona. So some guys would come and they would just, they would, um, were like apprentice under me for a couple of weeks and then they would go home and then they would, then I would just be talking to them, you know? Yeah. Snapchat, yeah, FaceTime, whatever, whatever. And so like that was, and I was doing that for free, you know, I was helping people just because it was like, made me, it was exciting because my counselor told me he saw in the papers that I was going to be a teacher when I grew up. And so, you know, years later, I'm mean, getting old now, bro. I'm, I'm in my fifties <laughs> now. So my construction company's running really smooth. Um, they don't require me much on like in the field anymore. You know, I still do some training with my team and stuff and I still do a lot of my sales. 
but uh, for the most part, it runs pretty smooth. And so that's when I was like getting more like, Hey, I want to start a coaching program, teach people how to sell, how to run their business, how to know their numbers, how to, how to tough it out through the hard times. Mm. And so I, I, you know, you said make, make it more official. Like this is the year where um, I was going to do it professionally. I started, yeah. I actually started last year in 2021. Um, I had a partner and, you know, we have things rolling after about 11 months. I thought, yeah, this is not really going to work for me. Like our core values didn't really align. Mm-hmm. And so then I was going to shut it down and not do it. I was literally going to just like hang it up. Wow. And like, I don't have time for this shit. I mean, I'm, I don't want it. I don't want to partner. I don't want all this stuff. And um, people came to me immediately and they're like, you're going to start your own coaching bet, you know, program now. Right. Like that didn't work out, but that's okay. That's in the past. You're going to start your own shit now. Right. And I just looked at him like, are you kidding me? I mean, you really want me to like, is that what I need to do? And like, somehow it spoke to me through these people. I was like, all right, I'll give a go at it by myself. So that's where we're at today. Nice. So before we dive into that, I did want to take a slight detour when you talked about guys wanting to work for you from other parts of the country, that is a hot topic right now. You know, the labor issues have been crazy the past couple of years with the pandemic and everything. And people, you know, people just deciding that they want to take sabbaticals, you know, on the government's money and all this kind of stuff. So what, for one, you're in California, which is kind of like a country all on its own in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of rules and regulations that don't apply to anywhere else in the country. Like literally when you buy like a Toro mower, there's like a California model and then everybody else, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. no, no, it's true. I'm just trying to lay it out there for people that don't know. Like, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to, you know, be anything. I'm just telling facts. I love California going out there. Like I've always wanted to visit there. So being able to see you and be in California was like, that was a highlight of that year for me. So probably one of the highlights, not probably one of the highlights of my life, to be honest. So I really, I really love California. It's beautiful, but there's a lot of stuff going on. So what I say all that to say, did you notice anything either for you and your business and, or just, you know, the area, your, your locals with the whole, this whole labor craziness shortage and people not wanting to work and having tons of work, people wanting like huge increase in demand. Everyone, everyone and their mother all of a sudden appreciates life and wants to get stuff done outside, but now there's not enough people to get it done. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, no, it's, it's, it's definitely the same here. It's definitely a problem. Um, I'm really blessed with a, a, a pretty good crew. I, I got a, a pretty tight crew and at the ranch, you know, we, we have, we have like 17 people right now, bro. Wow. It's a lot. It's a lot. I thought it was just your family when I was there. Well, there, I had my crew, I had a few guys, right. But you know, now we have a couple of ranch hands, you know, I got MJ who uh, is my assistant in, in my, my coaching division now. And then she also helps with my scheduling for construction uh, with my production supervisor. Uh, I got an admin in there and my wife's running sales and my daughter's running shipping, her boyfriend's running fabrication. So like we have a, we have a pretty, you know, extensive, uh, team, especially when you got the ranch hands that take care of animals and stuff. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's funny because I had a buddy of mine come over the other day and he's, he's got a pretty rough personality. I'll just be honest. He's probably never <laughs> listened to this podcast, but he's basically kind of an asshole. Right. <laughs> and you know, he'll come over at the end of the day and he's actually nice. Now he used to be a real asshole like many, many years ago, but he comes over now and he's like, where are you getting all these guys? You gotta, you gotta, you know, come over and hire some guys for me. 
And I was like, bro, I can hire guys for you, but as soon as they work for you for a week, they're going to be gone because, you know, you got to know how to treat people and stuff. So I think that's a big part of it because, you know, money is, it's not all about money, you know, money's important, but, but it's not the number one. The number yeah. one is the environment, the boss, yeah. people leave a job that they can't stand over money. Like they'll yeah. stay somewhere for a little less money if they really enjoy the people they work with or have, or their boss, but yeah. the, you know, you can pay them all the money in the world. Right. But if they hate you, they're not going to come to work yeah. anymore. So I had to kind of tell him that I'm not saying that's the answer to everyone's problems as listening to the podcast. So like, Oh, I got to be a nicer human being, but it, <laughs> it matters, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if you know who Jesse Itzler is, but I'm, I'm a big fan of Jesse and he talks about, um, calendar planning and making experiences for your life and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has this thing called the Kevin's rule and it's, it's a long story. You have to look up the Kevin's rule with him, but it's about four or five times a year, four times a year where he does something really important and special that he'll never forget. Like when you came to California, that was the highlight of your year. You're not going to forget that year that you came out here. Well, he does four big events every year that are memorable, like hiking events or going to, you know, surfing or something he's never done before, something like that. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of implemented that with my team over the years. And so, you know, I'll take the whole team fishing. I'll give them a Friday, like, uh, with Friday, 6 a.m., we're off, we're off to go fishing. You know, I'll do that like every quarter. I'll try and do something. I'll do, we'll do bowling. Uh, you know, I'll get the, get a bunch of lanes at the bowling and have pizza coming in, pictures of beer. And, and like there, it's like camaraderie, you know, like it's, it's really true. Those that play together, stay together. You know, they get to know each other and stuff. Yeah. You know, zip, zip lining. Bro, I, I took the whole team golfing the other day. I mean, I've been golfing like two, three times in my life, right? There's two golfers on that that are really good at golfing in the crew and the rest of the crew, like they've never done it before. So imagine like I'm taking these guys out to go golfing. They've never even had this experience before. They're never going to forget that day. Yeah. In 2020, in the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> I just took everyone out to go golfing. Right now, yeah. like there's two people on my team now that are, are avid golfers. They had never golfed before I took them to that experience. Right. Yeah. And, uh, almost everyone on my team has an aquarium and I've like, like, here's an aquarium, take it home, set it up, you know? And so like now they're into fish and that helps them become a better employee. Cause they understand, you know, the ecology of aquariums and fish and plants and all that stuff. And, you know, it becomes part of their passion. Now we have something in common. I'd be like, bro, how's your fish doing? Oh, it's cool. They're breeding now. And, you know, or they come to, Hey, I lost my fish last night and they're all emotional. Like, oh, I don't know what happened. Like it's, it's like you get these different emotions from that kind of stuff. And yeah. so I think just being a good human being, and, and this is all going to lead into coaching and all this other stuff, because there's too many contractors that don't even know their numbers. They don't even know how much money they need to make every day. And so that translates to your employees that translates to not being able to afford to pay people, you know, a a handsome wage to get them to come and work for you and have the ability to go, Hey, I'm paying everyone on Friday, dress casual. We're going golfing, golfing. What? I've never been golfing. Oh, you're going to learn, you know, I'm I'm, I'm buying lunch. We're going to go out and have a good day, you know? And if, if if the contractors out there are not making enough money that even, have that as a possibility in their lifetime, then they're not going to be able to attract those kind of people. And so um, I think that's, that's what I have to say about finding employees. I, I will tell you, I'm scaling right now. I'm hiring. I had four interviews on Friday and two no call, no shows on a <laughs> interview, bro. 
Oh man. Two guys showed up. I liked them. We had, I vetted them and pre-qualified them and everything. I hired two. And uh, then one guy, he got another job opportunity and he's like, Hey, I appreciate the opportunity, but I was shopping around. I, I got another opportunity I want to take. And so I'm not mad at that, but it's definitely, uh, definitely a problem, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, it, but it's, but it seems like, it sounds like fortunately for you and anyone in this situation, if you have a good, a good crew, good foundation, you know, yeah. and, and, and you, you already have established that culture, you know, and everyone is just like, you're like, you created like your own, like, bubble almost, you know? So mm-hmm. everyone's like, what is, what is all this craziness? What's up with people not wanting to work? Whether, you know, you pay your guys good, you treat them good. They enjoy what they do every day, you know, as, as a job, if that's what you want to even call it, if you're really enjoying it. Like, so I think that's, that's key for being able to survive through this. Those that weren't able to, for various reasons, you know, maybe they weren't at that scale to be able to even have more than one employee or any employees. And they're just trying to now get into that because the business is growing because there's so much demand and you're like, all right, well, this is a great opportunity to grow my business, but then you can't find me that that's, that's a whole another challenge, you know, with that, cause you don't have that core foundation and that culture, but you can try and establish these things so that once you do find people right out the gate, you know, you can hit the ground running with the people that you do find. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a struggle just to find them at all, but keeping them should be better if you try and do some of these things that you talked about. So I appreciate you sharing that, that that's some good tips for sure. And, and you have to, you have to invest in your employees too. And when you're investing in them, then they, they, they feel a part of a bigger thing. It's not just like, Hey, here's the, here's the six yards. You got to get completed today. Go get it done. It's like, you know, taking them to the conventions. It's, it's paying them for a day off, you know, not saying, Hey, go watch these videos to, you know, tonight when you get home, watch these videos this weekend. So you can make more money next week. It's like, Hey, we're taking the day off today. Uh, I got pizza coming in, you know, here's breakfast, here's coffee, everything, donuts. We're going to spend four hours on, um, hold on. Are you there? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. My phone connected to my computer. Oh, it's um, all good. And you know, investing in them, they feel like they feel important because you're like, I'm spending money to make you better. And I'm paying you, I'm paying you today to do that. I'm paying you and paying to have you trained. They feel that they, they realize that that's an important factor and they, they appreciate that. And they reciprocate, you know, by giving you, giving you their best. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping you'll say what I, uh, what, what, what I think you might say to this, but I want you to say it or you to address this because, <laughs> because it, me, me saying it, it doesn't give as much weight, uh, just based on my experience versus your experience and, and everything that you've already said in this podcast. But what about like, you know, the, the people that have a hard time doing these things and then people still leave, right? There's going to be a percentage of people that are still going to leave. And, and at some point, a lot of people or some people start to get jaded and they're like, why even bother if these people are just going to leave anyway? It's like all the time that I invested in them or, or you know, time, money, all that, you know, took them golfing and then you're just going to leave me high and dry. Like what, 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 what do you say about those kind of things? So listen, man, you're, you're going to have turnover rate. This is not their business. You know, this is not their business. And so unless you're giving them opportunities to grow, unless you're turning them into crew chiefs, Hey, you're going to manage this route for me. And then one day you're going to manage guys underneath. Like 
if you can't, if you can't develop the team and if you're not physically growing the business and you're getting this nice new truck and you, you're taking your family on vacation and do all this shit. And these guys are just working their ass off to fulfill your dream. And you're not helping them fulfill their dream by helping them come up. They're not going to stay at, you know, a, a you know, a, a, a low wage for the rest of your life, unless you can rise them up with you, then, then there's going to be turnover rate. And, and the, really the balance between that is you should always be hiring, you know, you hire an apprentice and you get, you want him to take your spot. And then you hire another apprentice to actually eventually take that person's spot and so on down the line. So it's, it's really hard when you have one or two guys. Yeah. But when you get to that three to five uh, person team, that's when like anyone can leave and you can still like fix it. And, and then actually the guys underneath are like, oh, cool. I have a spot to come up, you know? And so, I mean, I would challenge anyone who says, oh, I took them golfing and I, I, I trained them how I took them to a convention and they left me. I'd be like, well, what else are you doing wrong? I would be <laughs> like, I would, I would audit yourself being a good person is still the right thing to do. Doing the right thing is always the right thing to do. And by being a good person and trying to help these people, you shouldn't be mad at them if they get a better opportunity, especially if you're not willing to grow the business to a level that allows them to, to elevate themselves as a person financially, emotionally, mentally, all that. Well said, well said. I don't so, know if that's what you wanted me to say, but that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, no, that was great. That was basically everything I was hoping you would say. So almost word for word. So we're, we're, we're right there, man. <laughs> I, 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 I knew, I knew what you were thinking. Um, so thank you for that. So let, let's pivot that in, into the coaching then. So where, where are we at now? So just, just this year, you, you've, you made it official professional coaching platform and everything. Just spell it all out. Tell us all about it. So um, I, I started something that's called train with triplet. It's a contractor coaching group. And then uh, we, have a, we have a Facebook group. It's a free group called Train with Triplet. Hold mm. on, the dogs are barking. <laughs> <laughs> Just like you said, man. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> so, uh, so Train with Triplet is really the, the, the TWT on the hat right here. That's basically the, the icon for the, the group. But the Contractor Circle is a free group that we have on, um, on Facebook. And then we also have the contractor power circle, which is our paid version. So people who really want to elevate and do sales training and mindset training and, and learn some behind the scenes, know your numbers, break even analysis, those kind of things. Um, that's where we're focusing on a lot of that stuff. Hmm. And so what <clears throat> I know you, you already have it all up and running. I was checking it out. A lot of, a lot of great stuff you have going on there. What, what's the future of that? Like what, uh, are you doing it in like phases? It looks like like different things you got going on. We we are doing phases because it's just it's kind of like it's almost like a side hustle. I'm trying to like do this other stuff while my other businesses are still doing good, right? I want to take you back just a hair, please. Yeah, because, no, absolutely. Um, I I want you to know this year, halfway into the year, I've spent over twenty thousand in coaching on my own personal well being, wow. my own mindset, my own like getting better for myself. Over twenty grand uh, last year, I probably spent uh, probably about forty thousand um, wow. in, in a whole year. Like and what? So, like seminars, books? Like what? No, not even books. Per like personal coaching, coaching. Like yeah, like I'm I've I've been in a coaching program with Sean Whalen. I've done some one on one with Sean. Um, 
I mean, one-on-one, like a group setting. I was at yeah. a private event with, that he had. Um, I'm in, I'm in lion's den. I'm in, you know, I'm doing all kinds of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I want to say is last year I was spending money the year before I was spending money. So I'm spending money on myself. It's not like I'm going, I'm going to get a, I'm going to start a coaching program and get everyone to pay me money. It's like, I'm actually doing the same thing that I'm telling people they need to do. Yeah. And if I could be the conduit to help them become better, you know, the best versions of themselves, then I want to, I want to participate in that. Okay. Um, But what I want to tell you is in part of the coaching programs that I've done, and you and I have been in masterminds together, (laughs) right? There you go. We've been in a mastermind together. You know how passionate I can be, right? Yes. Yes. And so I'm like, Hey, if I can help you, this is what, this is what happened. This is how I screwed up. Don't, don't make the same mistake. And I would share that. Right. So in 2020, I was in a, a mastermind in a sales group. I've done a couple and I just poured myself into it and like went through the whole program. When I got to the end, there was like nothing left for me. Right. But during my journey in the program, I mean, I affected a lot of people's lives and I made a lot of great connections and great friends, just like you and I still had this friendship many, many years later. Right. Mm-hmm. And so through that, um, I just, I knew I had something special in regards to the way to communicate with people, you know, cause people gelled, they were like, Hey, you know, they would get on the calls with me and they, and all of a sudden I'm doing live calls and, you know, people are fucking crying and shit. Like, <laughs> like big things wow. are happening. Right. Yeah. So, so one of, one of the people that was in my group, I remember, I'll never forget. Like I was, I was literally in tears, like on this live call with this girl. Like she had just like her first time being in the group and do this stuff, something special about her. Uh, I just knew she wasn't in a bad spot. A lot of contractors that were working with her in really tough spots in their lives. Right. She wasn't there yet. She was in this really happy spot, but headed down a dark hole before she could figure out that she needed to change. And so Anyway, she had two young boys and I knew I needed to help her. And I just, I'd like latched on to her and started training with her. And two years ago, she was doing about $230,000, $250,000 a year in her construction business with her and her husband. And two years later, she's, she's set to do 1.6 million this year in two years. And now she's one of my coaches in my group. Wow. Yeah. It's a really cool story. I have goosebumps telling you this because uh, there's just something about it. And I just poured myself into her and then like people see that. And so then they're reaching back out to me and I got, I got guys in the UK that were in that group. And then that I still talk to, you know, guys in Canada and like all across the, the country um, that are in my network, in my circle, the contractor circle. Right. Mm-hmm. And so a- after I, after I had left and closed that out, some of those people were the ones being like, you need to do something like you have really helped a lot of people. You've helped change people's lives. And so we want you involved. So that's what, that's, that was really the catalyst behind the TWT contractor circle. Nice. So where can, uh, where can people go and find out more information about all that? That's a great question. So on Facebook, we got the TWT contractor circle and we have trainwithtriplet.com is a website that you can go to. And you talked about the future. So the future is, you know, we have the contractor circle for people who are doubtful. Like they don't know, they don't, maybe they can't afford to spend a little bit of money each month to be in a group. Right. And, and so I, I do pour some value into that group and there's a nice community of, of contractors there. Then they step it up and come to the contractor power circle and all that stuff's on trainwithtriplet.com. Um, and I think we have another one like twtcontractorcoaching.com. I'm pretty sure that's it. I'll, I'll text you the stuff. Maybe we can put it in the notes. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'll put it in the podcast notes. And uh, I, re- I recorded a, a sales a sales training course. I have it ready to go. 
And, you know, I have a little bit of imposter syndrome, like, is it good enough to send out and, you know, charge five grand for this course? Um, I know, I know the, 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 what we're training is that there's so much value behind it. I know that, um, you know, guys are going to make their money back tenfold, like in lickety split. I mean, just like training with that, that girl I told you about mm-hmm. going from 250 and her margins are better too. Like her margins yeah. were like in the thirties and now they're in the fifties and now nice. she's doing 1.6, you know? So, you know, that the stuff that we teach can like literally change like this, you know, I meant to ask, I don't know if you know, Daryl Bloom, he's in Minnesota. He's a, he's a lawn care guy. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's in your click. I sure he knows all you guys he's in uh, he's in the contractor power circle right now. And uh, I've spent, I spent a lot of time with him training um, he and I did 75 hard together uh, two years ago. Oh, nice. And uh, I was in a, I was in a dark spot and he, um, he pulled me out of it in that training. Like we were just, he was like my partner. Right. And um, when I started this course up, I called him up. Like I hadn't talked to him in like a year. And I was like, bro, what's up, Daryl? How you doing? He's like, Hey dude, what's up? I'm like, remember when you talked to me off a cliff last year? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to pay you back right now. And I gave him the course. I'm like emotional, bro, right now telling you this. Well, that is a wrap for this episode, part one, my conversation with Eric Triplett, the pond digger, always a great time. Every time we talk, whether it's off air, on air, we could talk for hours. Usually (laughs) I'm going to have to get him on the podcast more often because usually the two of us are so busy. We're like, you know, rattling off like a gazillion things and like, you know. 15, 20 minutes or less. And we're like, I gotta go, gotta go. All right, I gotta go. All right, I'll talk to you, you know, <laughs> I'll call you back later or whatever. And we're just always so busy. So being able to like set time aside, you know, to book some time and our block time off on our calendar to be able to sit down and talk shop and catch up on things before and after and all that. Um, it's a good time. Uh, like, like I said, on, 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 uh, on this uh, episode, on this two-part episode, I, I said, you know, I, I wish I lived closer. One, I, I really enjoy, I like California, um, but two, it'd be cool to be able to, to to work on stuff together, like in person, you know, and, and just, just hang out and, and get after some stuff and um, collaborate on things and stuff like that. He's a great content creator as well. We didn't even touch upon, uh, we did touch up, uh, upon that, but we didn't even shout out all of his social media platforms or anything. We'll, we'll put all that. I'll put all that. I'll get with him and um, make sure all that is in the episode description. So check that out. It's going to have all the important links for coaching and uh, social media and everything. Cause he, he's, he's really, really does a great job, put content out there. And, and I always enjoy following along as well as, like I said, talking to him, but we could go on and on for hours. So I wanted to, wanted to focus on a few key topics here. We kind of went down a few little rabbit holes and, and tied it back in. It's a good time, but I wanted to split this up into two episodes, um, two-part series here, just just like I've done in the past when, when I've had long conversations with guests, just to respect your time and so that you can really dive into one one uh, one or two topics and then kind of go go into a few more the next next episode and tie it all together and wrap it up. So. Um, thanks for the thank you to the Toro Company for sponsoring the LCR Media podcast, um, and thank you listeners for for, for listening <laughs> to my gibberish sometimes and my losing my train of thought. But uh, just super pumped and excited. Had a good time, having a good time. Love love creating content for you guys. Um, but I will see you on Thursday's episode. This is the Lawn Care Rookie signing off. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.